I was reading recently and came across this diary entry of Theodore Roosevelt. This was written on February 14, 1884, the day his wife and mother died. He said simply, the light has gone out of my life. His mother died due to typhoid fever and his wife Alice died hours later. She had given birth to their daughter just two days prior. I think about this past year and I wonder how that could relate and basically illustrate what some of us have faced in some measure or what we've been through. The light may have gone out in some of our lives. We may be grappling with why as we search for refuge or where do I go from here as we look for reasons to continue. One has said the past is a lighthouse, not a port. It's to shine on where we go from here. The entrance of thy words giveth a light, Psalm 119. God wants to give us new light for the new year. God is not really all you need, one has said, until he's all you've got. And I wonder if God has brought us to that place. Someone said December means that it's a time to declutter, detach, and delete anything that devalues your life. Anything that you shouldn't bring into the new year. And I wonder what we need to just simply trust God with this morning. Give him and trust him concerning this past year. Lord, it's over. It's behind me. It'll never change. It'll never be something I can live over again. I'm going to trust you with it fully. One has said God's goodness is not just seen in the new things that he gives, but in the preserving of the old things that he's already given. Think about what or who you still have and what you're going to do with that or them in the new year. Where do we go from here? What am I going to do with what I still have, with who is still present in my life? I want to make the most of it. I want to fully embrace all that God has for me. With that in mind, I want you to take your Bibles and stand with me as we turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 6, let's stand and let's turn together. Acts chapter 6, we're going to read verse 4. Acts chapter 6 and verse 4. Now remember this, in the context here, the early church is going through some tension and strife and folks are being overlooked and neglected and they're thinking, well, there's got to be a better way to operate than this. And God, by the Holy Spirit, gives them guidance. And so there are those who step up, realizing that all service in the church of the living God is important to the Lord. Serving tables, ministering to others. There's no big eyes and little U's. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. But there are different roles and responsibilities and even structure that is healthy to making sure that all the needs are attended to in the local assembly. And that's what was going on here. And so the apostles are saying and uh, appealing to the congregation as God directs them. 
And they say in verse 4, let's read this aloud, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I want to ask you a question this morning. I want you to think about it. What will you give yourself to in the new year? What will you give yourself to? They said here, we will give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. Thank you. you. may be seated. As we think about this, thoughts to ponder. You're going to give yourself to something. So am I. I think one thing COVID has reminded us all of is that we're going to give ourselves to something. If you're not going to go to church, then you're going to do something with that time, right? What are you going to give yourself to? Your, your priorities, your time, your attention, your affection. What are you going to devote yourself to fully? God wants us to choose wisely. The theme that God has laid upon my heart for the new year will talk about getting back to the basics and making sure that we are shoring up our own walk with God and strengthening our service to God through the local church. One writer said, Most Christians in our times are educated way beyond their level of obedience. Most of us do not need to know more. We need to apply what we already know. What are you going to give yourself to in the new year? Small disciplines repeated with consistency every day lead to great achievements over time, John Maxwell said. Small disciplines, day by day. What are you going to give yourself to? You're going to do something with your time. I want you to think about this coming year, the opportunity that God has given us. What are we going to do with it? It's not oftentimes the big and the grand things we should live for that may come or may not, and if they do, they come and go. But it's the day to day. What are we going to do with the opportunity that God gives to us? Once God has made his will known to us, when we hesitate, we waver. Then we doubt. Then we give in to unbelief, which is the opposite of faith. A theme of the book of Mark is straightway. Jesus did not hesitate to do the will of the Father, nor waste time in between works. He moved quickly from from one work to the next. Straightway. Without his, I don't know about that. I, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know. I'll hold out and see if there's something else. Walk in the light God gives you and he'll do what? Give you more light. What's the opportunity before you right here, right now? Just stop in this moment. What's the need in this church? What's an opportunity? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I might could do that, but I, I'm waiting. Do what is right in front of you. What are you going to give yourself to in the new year? What are you going to do? The Bible says in that day when God calls us into account, we're going to be judged not by our intentions, but by the fruit of our doings. Think about that. 
What are you going to do for God? Because what you're going to do for God is going to come out of whether or not you fully give yourself to God or not. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And who we are ultimately is reflected by what we do. What are you going to give yourself to in the new year? Will you give yourself to God and his service to do his will? Church attendance is a spiritual discipline just like going to work, paying your bills, diet, exercise. I saw where someone who's a member of a gym said, get ready for the New Year's resolution crowd. (laughs) Get ready for them. They're coming, right? All of this is a discipline. We decide what is important. We commit. We give ourselves to it. We put our hand to the plow and we're not to look back. We're to go forward by faith, trusting God, serving God, doing all of his will from the heart. And I ask this morning, what are you, you going to give yourself to in this new year? It's right before us. I'm getting to where I'm at an age of life to more of my friends are just either starting to step aside due to age and health reasons. And then others are going home to be with the Lord. That time's coming for us all. Andrew wanted to ride by his papa's house yesterday. They were not there, but we sat there just reminisced. He said, Dad, it just floods my mind riding over here. All the things. For 20 years we ate Sunday lunch over there. Think about that. Every Sunday we'd leave here and go over there and eat lunch. All the Christmases, all the New Year's, all of these things. And I think about it. The opportunities that we have, they do come and go. He told me at one point, I've got more preacher friends in heaven now than I have left here. No wonder heaven's sounding sweeter as you go through life and others go before you. I saw where a young lady began to take pictures of her parents For the last 27 years when her family would leave after Christmas visit, she'd take a picture of her mom and dad standing in their driveway saying goodbye. It was so precious as I looked through some of those pictures she was able to post. But it brought tears to my eyes because the last picture she posted was her mom just standing there all alone in the driveway. Dad is gone. And I'll tell you, that's going to happen to you. It's going to happen to me. You say, Preacher, you talk about stuff like this all the time. You know why? Because I deal with life and death matters as a preacher of the Word of God. Things that matter, things eternal. And God wants us to take it to heart that we're not just here unendingly. We're not here with just 
all kinds of time that we can squander and take for granted and, and, and not make the most of. Because the time comes when time is no more for us. And it's over and our opportunity is gone. What are we going to do with this? See it as a gift from God. A blessing from God. God's gift to us is life. The opportunity for another year. What we do with this new year is our gift to God. Whether or not we recognize Him and we honor Him and we thank Him for this opportunity. What are you going to give yourself to in the new year? The Bible says, but we will give ourselves, give ourselves continually. Underline that word, continually, daily, consistently, time and time again. It's a choice. It's a determination. It's hard to stop someone who will not be stopped. Determined. Paul said, I am determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I'm determined to do God's will. What will you determine to do? That you will not be detoured. That you will not in any way be turned aside or deterred. You will go all the way with God and do what God has given you to do in this new year. Oh, what an opportunity. Oh, what a realization. Oh, what a responsibility. Continually. Number one, what are you going to give yourself to in the new year? Number two, how is your walk with God? How is your personal walk with God? He says, we're going to give ourselves continually to what? Prayer. Make a note of that. Number two, how is your walk with God? How is your walk with God? He said, we're going to pray. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to walk with God. What did John say in chapter 3 and verse 30? He must increase and I must decrease. That means I'm going to give God his proper place in my life. I'm going to look to the Lord and I'm going to let him increase. I'm going to love him more, serve him more. I'm going to give myself more to him. I'm going to seek him more. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. The Bible says we're to call on the Lord and, and uh, while he may be found and uh, we're to seek him. And if we will seek him with our whole heart, we will find him. What will you seek after? Will you seek after God? Will you develop a devotional life? Walking daily in the conscious presence of the Lord Jesus Christ? How is your personal walk with God? One writer said, Every prayer a believer prays is answered directly or as follows. If you pray and nothing happens, that's God's answer. If you pray and something happens later than you desire, that's God's answer. If you pray and something different happens, that too is God's answer. Maturing in prayer means that we confidently bring our request to God and close by saying, not my will, but thine be done. That's what Christ prayed in the garden. And that's exactly how Jesus Christ teaches us to pray. Not my will, but thine be done. But if you want a specific answer to your prayer... You've got to pray a specific prayer. You've got to spell it out. What is the request? Not just generally, Lord, bless my family. Lord, bless the church. 
Thank God for that, right? At least start there, but don't stop there. Pray specifically for needs. Pray a specific prayer and you will receive a specific answer from God. What are you seeking God concerning? Are you developing a devotional life? Are you conscious that God is with you? The Bible says, pray without ceasing. That means walk in the conscious presence of God. He's with me. He's before me. He's in me. He knows where I am. He knows what I need. He knows what's going on in my life. He knows my struggles. He knows my temptations. He knows my downsittings and my uprising. He knows my thought from afar off. He knows everything about me. I need to just simply recognize that. And I need to rest in that day by day. God knows everything about me. I still marvel that God knew what he was getting when he was getting me. And he still took me anyway. He knew what he was getting when he saved me. He knew what he was getting when he called me. And he still called me. I'm amazed at that. I wouldn't have called me. But he did. Isn't it amazing? If you could understand more of the heart of God towards you. Oh, how you can rest in him. This is not something that you're always on trial. Am I good enough? Am I measuring up? Or, you know, is God just going to really be pleased with my life? And and if not, what's he going to do to just strike out at me? My heart goes out to those who serve God just simply out of a dread. Now, there is a fear of God where we must dread displeasing, dishonoring God. And that is a component. We don't want to dishonor the Lord. But we don't want to live God as a main motivating factor being dread and fear. Perfect love casts out fear. I serve God by faith. And I have learned my faith has been developed over these years. And as it's grown and matured, I know that I'm accepted in the beloved. And that I'm accepted by God because of who Jesus is and what he's done. God accepts me because he accepts his son who lives in me by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? So I go to God and I'm not thinking, Lord, I know I don't deserve to pray. And, oh, Lord, you know how how awful I... Listen, don't spend your prayer time going on over and over about how uh, you're you're filled with undeserving uh, things in your life that would really indicate that you shouldn't be praying after all. I'm amazed how many Christians talk themselves out of God's goodness and God's blessing in their lives because they make it more about their insufficiency and their inability than his ability and his all-sufficiency. You know what? I'm loved today. You want to know somebody who's loved? Looky here. I'm loved. You say, how do you know that? The Bible tells me so. You know what? Look around. Look at your neighbor. Go ahead, look at your neighbor. Don't be afraid. It can be scary, I know. That's somebody who's loved too. If I could hold up a big mirror here, and really the Bible is a mirror, you could see. You're the apple of his eye. You're loved with an everlasting love. 
You don't have to work and earn and measure up and try to become deserving to enter into the very throne grace of prayer. You already are welcomed and invited in through the righteousness of Jesus Christ that's been given to you when you received it by faith. Isn't that wonderful? I can boldly go before God now, not because of me, not because uh, I've got it all figured out, Lord. As best I know, I'm as close to you as I've ever been. I'll tell you what, I, those sins, they don't, they don't even tempt me anymore. Oh, I'm telling you, they're gone forever. Some people, they think that's, if they get to that point, they're really going to pray with confidence. Let me tell you what maturing faith says. When I'm broken, when I'm burdened, when I have stumbled, I just simply fall into his arms. And he says, come on. What you need, son? How can I help you? Isn't that wonderful? Oh, if we'd learn to see who the Lord is and his heart for us, we'd walk with him. We'd tell him, say, Lord, I'm just confused here. Lord, I'm angry. Lord, I'm hurt. Lord, I'm just dismayed. I, I just, I don't understand all this. Whatever it is. You know that he's there not to chide you, but he's there to comfort, to instruct. Do we ever need correction? Why, sure. Why does a parent correct his or her child? It's out of love, right? So our father corrects us. That's one reason why we ought to be faithful to church. Do you know what the pastor does every service? He opens up not only the mirror of God's Word, but the plumb line of God's Word. And it's like, well, let's see what God says. And then it shows us, it's like, well, this is an area of my life that that God wants to work on, wants me to trust Him with or ask Him to help me concerning. And as a result, I'm going to just look to the Lord and I'm going to ask Him for His grace and His wisdom or His strength here in this area of my life. Who wouldn't want that? My heart breaks for those who think God is nothing about rules and about measuring up. You don't measure up, neither do I. And you can keep every rule that's ever been written and still die lost without God and go to hell forever. The Pharisees kept the rules, but they were lost. Outwardly, they looked fine. But inwardly, Jesus said they were filled with dead men's bones. Make it not about yourself. Make it about the goodness and the grace of your God. Make it about His heart for you, who loves you with an everlasting love that cannot waver, cannot and will not ever change nor vary. Realize that you're accepted by Him. Fault, failure, disappointment, struggle, whatever it is. He welcomed you into his presence. Go with great confidence that God, you want to talk to me. You want to hear from me. You have a heart to help me. How is your walk with God? May God deepen and develop our faith into the new year. And then number three, who will you help know God better? Make a note of that. Who will you help know God better? 
Notice verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer. This is a pattern here. This is a challenge here, a principle. Give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I thought it was interesting here. They got an an increased focus on what was important. An increased focus led to an increased involvement. More people got involved in the work of God. And then the Bible says in verse 7, as the word of God increased, the number of the disciples, what? Multiply. They increased too. So think about it. They were increased in their understanding of what was important, priority, and how God wanted things to function. And as that increased, and as they got in the word of God, and with God in prayer more, as the word of God increased in their own lives and in their midst, then so did the disciples increase. They saw more people saved. They saw more people come to the Lord. We think it's in some kind of big event that's going to happen out here one day. Then all of a sudden the church will be full. God can do that. But that is the exception. Whereas the rule is day by day, walking with God. Each one reach one. Who's on your heart? Who are you praying for? Who are you not only trying to give the gospel to, but to train to disciple in this new year. Dr. Clarence Sexton went home to be with the Lord recently. I've been watching a lot of his sermons just to kind of process it. Especially over this break in the last while. And I've been listening more intently because he'll never speak again in this life. Thank God that he's still speaking through the technology of this hour. But one of his statements were, was, when I die, I hope there'll be some people who can say, he helped me know God better. Who are you going to help to know God better? He said, we're going to give ourselves to the ministry of the word. I want to help you know God, and then I want to help you know him better. I said to the Lord in prayer this morning, Lord, thank you for the opportunity. I love, I love simply pointing people to you through your word. And I thank you that you've given me this opportunity here. Who are you going to point people to? Through the word of God. Giving them the gospel. Giving them what it means to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior. Not just in word will you impact their lives, but in deed. A true servant finds that in helping others succeed, they succeed. If you get more concerned about helping others on to God, can you imagine how God's going to help you and, and how others even will help you? But some people it's like, well, who's going to help me? Hey, listen, he that hath friends must show himself friendly. If you want someone to help you, then you look for someone to help. That's the way it works. I'll never forget being stranded in Chicago. Well, the Jeff Payton remembers that. He picked me up late at night, the church van, I'll never forget it. And it's like I was getting bumped off of every flight, trying to get home late at night. And it's like one more flight. And I'm thinking, dear Lord, help me. And it's like God impressed upon my heart. His spirit, bearing witness with my spirit. 
you take care of my business and I'll take care of yours. I thought, okay. Well, while I'm waiting, I'm going to look for someone to witness to. I said, Lord, just lead me. There's so many people here. So I went over to a certain place and I sat there for a moment. As I was thinking, looking around, this guy comes and sits right across from me. And he looks at me and he strikes up the conversation. You think you're going to get on this light? Well, I'm not sure. You know, we started talking. The next thing you know, I started giving him the gospel. After telling him who I was and where I was trying to get to, back to Charlotte, I gave him the gospel. And and after just a little while, he's like, okay, I enjoy talking to you. He was gone. Got up and left. But a lady right beside me, down just a little ways, said, excuse me, did I hear you say you're trying to get back to Charlotte tonight? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, I work for the airlines, and I'm on a buddy pass, and that's what I was on. And uh, she said, we're trying to get back, me and my husband, and they introduced themselves, said, we have been told that if we don't get on this last flight to Charlotte, there's one right down here at the end of the terminal that's going to Greensboro, and there's got plenty of room there. Would you want to get on that flight with us? I said, I sure would. We didn't get on that flight. We got on that flight to Greensboro. I called Brother Jeff and asked if he could come and pick me up late in the night, and he did. And then just like that, I was at home. You take care of my business, and I'll take care of yours. I'll always know in my heart that was God's mercy. If I did not endeavor to be a witness for the Lord, they would have never overheard my conversation and told me, hey, there's another way to get home tonight. Who are you going to help to know God or know God better? Who are you going to say, Lord, I'm going to give myself fully to you. I'm going to give myself to others, and I'm going to trust you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God's going to take care of you. Do you believe that? Are you going to give yourself to prayer, to walking in the conscious presence of God, developing a devotional life, not just praying over lists each day, but walking in the conscious presence of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life, guiding you, directing you? Who will you help know God better? Will it be through serving tables? Strengthening the local church so that church can be strengthened in its witness? What has God put before you? What has God given you? I want you to look to December 31st, 2024 for a moment in your mind. Are you there? I want you to think about this. What changes must you make to give yourself fully to the Lord so you can be glad you did this time next year instead of wishing you had? What changes do you need to make? I need to make some. That's life, right? Things ebb and flow. Opportunities come and go. But it's not about what others are going to do or not. It's about what am I going to do before God. I close with this. For over 20 years, numerous mountain climbers ascending Mount Everest have encountered what has become known as green boots. Any of you ever seen this picture or heard about this dynamic? 
It's a reference to a deceased climber that lost his life near the summit in 1996. Despite ongoing uncertainty about Green Boots' identity, his remains are among several that tragically mark the route to the top of the world's highest and most perilous mountain. Presently, the presence of Green Boots, or a Green Boots body, as it's being called, serves as a grim milestone for climbers, get this, indicating their proximity to the summit. It says to them, you're almost there. Be careful. You're almost there. I read an entry in my notes this week. The Carolina Basketball Classic in Durham, November 15th, 2013. 1-2 today and lost to a tough 2A school. We led the whole game. Lost at the end. We all can live for God for a long, long time. But if we're not careful in this new year, we can lose at the end. Charles Spurgeon said, the older you get, the more intense spiritual warfare becomes. I thought it would be opposite. Many of you did, perhaps, right? The older I get, I got it figured out. I'm going to be good. How many of you are finding it true that it seems that spiritual warfare is intensifying the older you get? How many of you say, boy, I believe that. Look at us, right? All the more important for us to draw nigh to God and develop a true walk with Him. Cultivate that. Strengthen that as we look to serve Him and give ourselves fully to Him and His service to others in this new year. Some of us are closer to heaven. We're all closer to heaven than we've ever been. But some of us are closer to heaven than we realize. May God help us. You're just about there. Be careful. Another year as God gives it to you. Give yourself and this new year, back to Him in devotion and commitment.